Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a chance to really evaluate the whole thing. We've got a couple days here to do that. We'll, we'll get in tomorrow and watch the tape with the players and make the corrections and all that. And players will be off on Monday. And, you know, we have till Tuesday at 4. But, you know, it's always, it's always tough at this time of year, you know, and you just what I told the guys in there, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's, it's a tough part of our business. And, um, you know, a, a lot of guys today, you know, I think, you know, made a statement, made a, made a statement for, you know, a possible roster spot or a practice squad spot. And, and those are all things that we have time to evaluate now here in the next couple of days. That's Doug Peterson. I'm not sure he meant a lot of guys, but I think he might have said one guy, <laughs> and that's Tim Jones. Tim Jones is making this roster. I think that's pretty clear after the news of Laquan Treadwell today. Brent Martino, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz here on a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend, everybody. So far, by the way, I'm holding up pretty well. I thought I'd run out of oxygen a lot more, losing the voice a little bit. And Casey's got you pumped up. Yeah, he does. I mean, that's what I'm here for, the energy. I got more stamina than I thought. The uncombed hair. As, as I hair. listen to Doug talk about uh, the team and the time of year it is, I always think it's fascinating this time of year. I'm trying to think of another industry or job where you go to work or you start out a project and you know by the end of the project you're losing close to half the team that you're working on the project with. Yeah, that's a good and you're call. bonding with these guys. You're spending so much time with these guys. You're making great friends. Some of them are already your friends. I got one. Go ahead. Semester of college. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I, I guess. But it's not – I wouldn't think the college bonding is as, is as thick as a football team bonding. Yeah, I mean, it's not a common goal. You know, they, well, we're all trying to pass, and then once you realize you can't, sure. you hit out at the uh, drop deadline, and then everyone else is But, you know, these teams struggling. make activities. These coaches make it so that you guys really, like, spend time growing as a brotherhood together. Uh, but the whole, the cutting things, I don't know if either of you have ever been through a, um, a downsizing at a job or a corporation. I went through one with this company, actually, uh, a while back, over 10 years ago, and it was a weird thing. Everyone came to work. We knew it was coming. Our GM was really transparent with us over a couple of months. He was... And you didn't know who? Well, that was the thing. He was preparing us with all this information. He was like, uh, hey, guys, change is coming. We can't stop change. Change is coming. This sounds like a Michael Scott Dunder Mifflin scenario. No, this was real. And I thought it was really <laughs> helpful, you know, especially after talking to some friends who have been through downsizing when it was like sudden. You come to work and suddenly everyone might get fired today and then everyone's freaking out. He was preparing us for this change culture. And then the day comes... And what happened basically was that HR would walk through the building and they tap you on the shoulder and be like, your meeting is coming up in five to ten minutes. That's horrible. Oh, yeah. And Get then your you, playbook. You go have the meeting. That's right. And you, a lot of the sales team was already packing their stuff into cardboard boxes, whether they were staying or not, just in case. Like, I had a friend uh, who ended up staying and he didn't unpack his cardboard box for three or four months after that. But, you know, just That'd sitting there right. waiting for the tap on the shoulder. And, and after you get tapped, you still don't know if you're gone. You head down to the boss's office and you have a conversation. Either you're getting your severance or you're getting your new assignment. But, like, the people who don't get tapped are just waiting to see who the team is at the end of the day. And so I'm thinking, like, that's about the closest I probably came if you consider me the Trevor Lawrence of the bunch, which you know, I do. <laughs> but I'm sitting there looking at the, uh, the, the, the Treadwells of the bunch and the Arsteds of the bunch going, man, it's been good to know you. I really enjoyed hanging out with you. I guess I'll never see you again for the rest of my life. There is a nature of that. Who am I in this? <laughs> you know, I was. I, it's funny you said you said it in a different way, but I was actually thinking of that too. It's like got to be such a weird deal when you know you're walking into that building, you know, on Monday morning, 
and you don't know if you're going to make the team. No, and you, know, you know if you're on the bubble. Yeah, but feel right? it. Well, if you're on the bubble, but a lot of these guys are just kind of hoping and guessing. Right? Yeah. What's a What's a worse feeling? To know you're about to get cut, or to be on the bubble and literally have no idea? Be on the bubble, not have any idea. At least if you know it, you can start dealing with it. There's finality there. Yeah, because like for the guys that know they weren't going to make the team, let's just say. Trying to think of somebody because some of these guys have been on the team for a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I mean, some of them. Let's just say Benji Franklin. Maybe he got a feeling at some point. Although I think he was kind of in the mix, to be honest. But maybe he got a feeling at some point that he was going to make the team. And so therefore, you just like, hey, let me just go put whatever I can on tape. Let me go put whatever. So there is like a there's a different avenue to take. You you can go all in, and now all of a sudden you're like, all right, hey, these things still matter. You can talk yourself into it because. I think I might be gone because you can do the numbers game as well, right? I mean, Benji Franklin probably was a long shot to make it. And then there's also practice squads. Like, it's important for guys like Franklin to still play really well because they want another opportunity, hang out on the practice squad. Yeah, they want a little bit of a check. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's for somebody else. And so I think there is – I think you just change, Casey, the way you think about it, but it's easier because you can make that move earlier. Like, if you're Treadwell today, that's a tough deal now. I mean, you've done pretty good things – you think you're kind of on the roster. Your buddies with a quarterback. You got a good rapport with them. You do some good things like the dirty work stuff of blocking in the run game and special teams. And you walk in today and, and you're out because Tim Jones had a good couple weeks. Yeah. You know? Tim Jones, baby. I think that's tough. Like, that's probably a tough thing because he and he in his mind, I guarantee you, he would say, like, he's better than Tim Jones. You know what I mean? These guys have to believe they're better than the people. Well, I don't think so. I don't know. Like, Benji Franklin's not sitting there being like, I'm better than Tyson Campbell. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, if he's realistic about it, he's just not. I mean, Uh, there's a reason Tyson Campbell was taking 33rd overall. Jack Griffin's been playing in the league for six years. Darius Williams won a Super Bowl. Like, at least from a starter standpoint, now, the Xavier Crawford who's fighting for a spot, he might say, yeah, I'm better than this guy. Bubble versus bubble guy. I believe that, yeah. But... I mean, but Treadwell's a guy who's played in the league, was a first-round pick. He's been around, and he's like, hey, you know, Tim Jones had a good couple of weeks, and he's a nice kid, and good for him. He did a good job, but I'm better than him. You know what I mean? Like, if I was if I was Treadwell, that's what I'd be thinking. Yeah. And, you know, now you're just going to go sign on with another team and move around again and all those things. So, yeah, I think it's a tough deal. Do you think it hurts more when one of your better friends is still on the team or still has one of those jobs, even if it's not the team you got cut from? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Like, I, I think this is an interesting experience, to be honest with you, with Trevor. Because Trevor, it, it is well known. I mean, Trevor's made it known mm-hmm. that the Treadwells and the Lawrences are like each other and they get along and they hang out a little bit. They biffles. And so I think that that probably is a tough thing. That's a new thing. You don't do that in college. Nobody gets cut. If yeah. you're hanging out with the, the the 12th receiver at Clemson, he's not getting cut. He's just the 12th receiver at Clemson. Yeah. Here, I'm not sure Trevor even built too many of those relationships like last year because of Urban and his head spinning and everything else. But eventually, he built this relationship with a guy like Treadwell. And I'm not saying he's the only one. It's like he's got one friend on the yeah, team. Right? Never know. But sure. I, I just think, yeah, I think there's some... I always wondered this in, in that situation with a guy like Linder on the Bortles front. Those two were tight. I mean, they were like best friends. Biffles. And so, with all the stuff that was going on, you know, and the, the eventual ouster of Bortles and Linder was still a big part of it. And then you got... Uh, Minshew, and you got Foles, and you got, uh, and eventually Trevor last year. 
I always thought that was kind of interesting because his best lender. Yeah, because his best buddy is is is, is Bortles, who's a quarterback, and all these guys, all of us are asking how much better these other guys are than oh, his best yeah. friend. Yeah, and he's got you know to speak what I mean? on it. Yeah, you're it's right. A, I think that's a weird deal. It is a weird position to be put like, in. Like if if you're asking me, listen, if I brought my best friend in here to do the show, and they eventually said, hey, hey, Brent, guy's not good enough. We got to bring Aaron in. You know, I mean, I'd agree with it, sure, but I'd be like. <laughs> Yeah, but this guy, I mean, you know, that'd be a hard, I would think that'd be somewhat of a hard thing. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? I, let me, I mean, let I me, know this guy since third grade. I think he's good. Let like, me, yeah. I just want to stop you for a second for some breaking well, we news. Aaron. I do want to make the audience aware that Casey just got a new follower on Twitter. I just read that in the chat. Did so Casey, I? There you go. But back to the conversation, Brett. Wow. Do you think it's, do you think it's acceptable for, and he didn't, but do you think it's acceptable for Brad at that point to go, I don't really think I'm the person you should be asking on this because of... You know, my love for this guy. Or does he have to be more professional than that? Yeah, I think Because I know how he reacted, but I'm kind of curious if it would be acceptable if we could see humans be human for a second. Yeah, I think he knows. These guys all know it's the nature of the business, mm. you know? And I, mean, I, th- I think Charles, thank you. there's some things that players are just, uh, it, we can't relate to them. And, and some things are just almost like it's, it's not as human as it is for us, I think, in our everyday lives. And they're just forced not to be. They know the roster is going to change. They know it's a business. And they also, like, their clock is different. I say this all the time. Nobody, how these guys get, like, almost brainwashed to have this 24-hour rule, and once it's done, they just move on to the next week, while if I fumbled three times in the game before, I'd still be thinking about it. Like, that's not what they do. They are just, like, brainwashed from a clock standpoint to say, hey, by Tuesday, we're on to the next week. I believe that when it comes to games because that blame at some point gets put on their own shoulders and you can't wallow in that. But I don't know if I believe it's so much about organizational decision-making. Yeah, I think you can't. Yeah, it's the same deal, right? I mean, we can disagree with management about what happened with But don't you feel like you're more likely to hold a grudge against management than you are against yourself? Well, maybe not. I I would hold a grudge against myself more than I'd hold a grudge against management for longer. But I'm not a a good example. I have mental health issues that are unaddressed (laughs) right here. I just think it's easier Man, to be I mad be laughing, at probably, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna write in the note it was all your fault, Brett. Uh, I just think it's Yo. easier to be I just think it's be easier to be mad at management than it would be to be mad at myself long term on most things. Yeah. But that's just me. I don't I, know. By the way, I think those things do permeate. Yeah, it's, like it's, people hold grudges there. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it's why people say, hey, if you pay X guy, this will do well in the locker room, mm. right? Because they know how that guy works. They respect that guy. If you pay this guy, that might not go so well in the locker room. Yeah. And that's where things got out of whack in Jacksonville. The paying of certain players and not others, according to the Ramseys of the world right. and everyone else, is like, well, what about me? Yeah. Right? Look what I'm doing. And you're paying. And so that's how things start to manifest. And some people handle it better than others. Some but way you, worse. You, you, know, you can't assume that all 53 guys are going to handle it like Trevor Lawrence is going to handle well, it. Well, they won't. You know? Right. Yeah. So uh, I think, yeah, it's a fascinating. I, I always think the locker room to me, the, the NFL locker room especially, probably most locker rooms, but NFL especially, is, is just this fascinating fascinating melting pot of so many things. You know why I love and, NFL? And I think it's unpredictable. I think that's why you got to get a little lucky if you're a GM. You can't feel all that. You can't know all how it's going to work out. you got to hope some of it just falls into yeah. place a little bit. It's one of the only sports where everyone needs to kind of pitch in and work together. Like, I, I realize teamwork is everywhere, but like on the NBA, 
you don't need all five starters or or however many are on your roster ultimately to play well together for you to have a great team. Hockey. Like, you could be led by superstars. Baseball, granted more players, but you could have a couple of guys above the fold who are, like, really carrying the team. In football, it really does fall apart when people don't like each other on the field. Yeah. But Casey, you bring up hockey. Like, I would say the reason why football, I think you have, first of all, you have more players than most teams. Actually, than all teams. Yeah. Yes. Right? 53 so, versus. So, well, 11 on each side even, but yeah. yeah. Well, just in the locker room. You said everybody, bro. That's fair. Hey, you have more than hockey, more than basketball, more than baseball. And so, and you also, I would say, although baseball is a little bit like this, from maybe it's political, maybe it's socioeconomic, maybe it's all these, like hockey to me has similar guys, I would say. So not as a diverse Canada and the culture culture petri dish. Yeah, yeah. Like like going to rinks and drinking hot chocolate, you know? I see what you're saying. It's a little more diverse in uh, in these other locker rooms. Baseball is different because it's, it's really global. Oh, yeah. Baseball is about as global as you can get in a locker room. I mean, hockey has actually a little bit of a feel of that, too. So I guess both of those two. But football, I'm te- I don't know. Like, when the political stuff was going on years ago, I was like, my gosh. Like, I can tell. Like, who's – I could probably predict who's voting for who here. What are these conversations like? <laughs> and some of them are in the same room, and we knew how crazy it was in the political cycle of just banter in workplaces and social media and how strong – some people felt about one thing or another thing. Yeah. And so I always relate that to, like, the locker room. Like, wow, man. And then you bring up all the socioeconomic things and other background things of, of the sport. And it's already a violent sport. And it's such a cutthroat sport. Because the one other thing about football is this stuff's not guaranteed. At least in baseball and basketball, those guys are like, hey, I got my money. At the very least, I got my money. Yeah, safety, security, sure. You don't do that in football. Not even close. Although it's starting that way. Yeah, it's starting. But the game checks mean so much. So, yeah, it's fascinating, man. I I don't even know. There's got to be some books about the NFL locker room out. And if there's not, it would be great. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would really be a a great uh, for our psychology 101 (laughs) portion of this show. We should do that. We should try and talk to a sports psychologist regularly about the things that happen in some of these games. It would be good. We'll have to find one. Somebody asked me recently about a sports psychologist. I don't really know many. In Jacksonville, like I've done, I've worked, uh, I have worked with any, I've done, um, I've talked to some in the golf world. Mm -hmm. I know they're prevalent in the area or at least contribute to the area because we have so many golfers, but I don't know like of a, I mean, I've been covering sports here for 15 years. I don't know of one person that I can think of that's like, they specialize in sports psychology in Jacksonville. Well, I have a printer so I can print up like a fake certificate and we could just pretend like I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'll be the guy. By the way, all this talk about the roster, have we told everybody what happened with the roster? You actually haven't, so that's why (laughs) you teased it. I teased it. You just totally went after uh, Benji Franklin. I was like, is he going to tell the people? or I I tweeted Uh, it out. I was like, I'm going to put everybody's name on here. And so I was like, oh, I already said it, but I really didn't say it. So thanks for hanging in if you did. All right, here it is. Terrell Adams uh, released the linebacker. Which might have been a little bit of a surprise, but good for, um, obviously, a Shaq Quarterman. He's going to be hanging around, it looks like. Yep. Uh, we don't still, they call him double A because nobody really knows how to say this guy's name. Azueya Aluitahi. That's a good effort and by you, nobody well is done. going to question whether That's I said that right. Good, good effort. The defensive lineman. He uh, is uh, is out. Raquel Armstead, to me, that's not a surprise. I want to talk about running back in a bit. Rudy Ford, to me, that is a surprise. Uh, Rudy Ford, 
uh, is out. Special teams ace. He's not going to be here in Jacksonville. Benji Franklin did get waived despite making some good plays in camp. Casey McDermott, who's been around for a few years, he's out. Brandon Rusnick, he's out. Uh, is the uh, secondary uh, kind of more of a safety, I think, than, uh, than but can probably mix in a corner. Chappelle Russell, linebacker, waived, special teams guy. So, again, opens the door for Shaq Quarterman to clearly make the team, which I think we thought anyway. And then Badara Treor. I tweeted about this guy this morning. I thought he had a shot, but he missed like two and a half weeks of camp because of injury. I think they like this guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back to the practice squad. Uh, but I think the injury really hurt him in camp. And then Laquan Treadwell, that's the guy we've been talking about. And uh, I think I've seen now the Jags are then down to 68 players. Uh, and they have to have, the, you know, Ayolola, uh, the young man from uh, London, he, they get a special exemption for his roster spot. So they can actually, I think, have 54 players on their roster oh, that's spot interesting. Uh, because of the international player. That's a new thing in the NFL. So, granted, it's on the spot. You just read through those names. I'm not sure if you've had time to actually mentally process them. But who is left, in your opinion, the biggest question marks that we may hear about before the end of the day tomorrow? Oh, so, the yeah, so who's left to possibly get cut? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think now what's interesting is they lost McDermott and they lost Treyor. I'm wondering about Will Richardson. And the offensive where, line, Well, yeah. because he's been hurt. Could they stick him on injured reserve? Uh, he has not played great when he was out there before the injury, in my opinion. But obviously, these guys didn't outplay him. Uh, where does that leave Will Richardson Jr.? I'm curious about. Okay, Rock Armstead is is gone. Makai Sargent is still on the team. And I would say for now. I'm still not convinced they're keeping all those guys. And I think they're looking to replace somebody as their fourth back. Oh, okay. So, so they may go out and trade or pick somebody off of waivers. Well, yeah, off the waivers. Yeah, uh, he's still out there. So... Obviously, you got James Robinson, you have ETN, and you have Snoop Connor. I don't think they're going to give up on Connor. Although I will say this, and I don't know if you guys agree, I haven't really seen a whole heck of a lot from Snoop Connor in 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 this last month. I'd agree. I mean, it's not like wow. So I think they're going to go get a veteran guy. And Makai Sargent, he's okay, but I don't think that's. I think they're going to try to upgrade that spot. So I even said this morning on social media, my guess was like, hey, they could go to the fifty three-man roster, or 54 in this case because the international player, the Jags could maybe just have three running backs to start, and then they would make another move be eventually, especially on this offense. Yeah. But you think oh, no, I'm not saying they're going to get to the opener with three. I'm just oh, saying just right now, when they, the tomorrow, when they break, happens. yeah, yeah, they'll sign somebody over the weekend or something like that. But that's an easy position to just add. And over the years, like, you don't have to pick up a whole lot, especially if you're a veteran guy. It's like, okay, go run block. You know, go run. <laughs> and so it's not like you need, it's like you're a quarterback trying to pick up the offense. So we're looking, I'm looking at tight ends. Uh, you got the the four that everyone thinks is going to make the roster. That's, do you think they're going to the season with just the four? That's the easiest, isn't this crazy? You know, the easiest position to pick on the Jags was, was the tight ends. Yeah. Like it was a lock. There was no competition for those four spots. Character yep. development here in Jacksonville. I mean, that is crazy. It is. Can you? Am I wrong on that? Nah, those are the boys. I mean, it's been this way since the beginning of camp. It really I mean, hasn't changed. Barring somebody gets cut from somewhere else, it's good. To, to I'll, <laughs> I'll give you one more thing about that. <laughs> Sorry, that was not good English. <laughs> Casey, Casey short-circuited. He was like, huh? Uh, you know, I was trying to <laughs> type again and talk. Um, Here we go. The easiest, it's the easiest thing to predict because even in his news conference, like in the last week, 
Doug Peterson's like listing the four guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he wasn't shy about like, it. Like he wasn't like saying, yeah, you know, we got a good battle going. <laughs> None of that. He would never mention the other guys. Urban Meyer could never name the four tight ends from last year. <laughs> he made everyone walk around with Still name tags. Has no clue. <laughs> I mean, drafted Luke Farrell. He's like, ah. That guy. That guy. Hey, Bob. That's like, crazy, what? though. Okay, so you asked me some other ones. Um, I Keep an eye on the tw- number 22 is Xavier Crawford. Got a lot of reps, like second team reps for the Jags. I think he's interested. Josh Thompson, I think, is going to make the team unless they try to go in different directions. Now, listen, just because you make tomorrow at four does not mean you're ex- not expendable. I mean, over the next 10 days, they could pick up other guys. But I do think uh, the Crawford, now that they get Benji Franklin out, that opens the door for Crawford to me to be almost like a lock. And Rudy Ford's out. So Thompson's, Thompson's probably in. Uh, I know people didn't like, you know, Winger didn't even dress the other day. Like, he was, he's the third guy on this team. I think we talked about this on Friday, but like, he's a lot to make this team. Yeah. Like, heads and shoulders above people. Knees and toes, baby. And by the way, look good throughout the the spring in camp. Yeah, it's just, I don't think people care how he looks. They do. You know, you either love him or you don't. Unfortunately, he's taken on that. Uh, So, am I missing anybody on the bubble? Oh, oh, I'll I'll give you one other one. And I, said, I think this is a fascinating one. Number 93 and number 97. Well, Israel Antoine is the guy I keep mentioning. And again, my eyes tell me that this guy made plays like every practice. And he, he was, even if you watched the game the other day, he was close to the quarterback a couple of times. He didn't actually have a sack, but he was close to the quarterbacks. Like, he, I think he's a good player. Is the only lineman they've cut double A or had, did, that's it? Yeah, for now. And so, got a couple of those. Coaches. But Jay Tafeli. Oh, right. Does he remember? I thought he was safe when the whole thing happened with Malcolm Brown, and I'm not, I'm not so sure about that. It's interesting you brought that up right now because I never would have remembered this. So on the broadcast when I came in in like the third fourth quarter, with the first thing I said to Amanda was, I was like, "Why is Tefeli still in?" Well, that's a good point. If you're playing but, deep into the fourth preseason game, yes. that's not a good sign for you. But if you watch the broadcast, I mean, he was playing decently in the game. Yeah, but against who? But the broadcast team that was not Brent Martineau. Brian Sexton and Bucky Brooks were like singing the dude's praises. So then I was like, what do they know that I don't? Mm. So like, I was very confused by the whole situation, but for face value, I took it as you probably shouldn't be in there in the last minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's not usually a good sign. Now I will say this. Some guys, you just don't have a lot of bodies. Remember I, we were talking chase on the other day. Yeah. Well, chase on dressed, but he didn't play. He was more of an emergency guy, which also shows you he's a lock yeah. to make the team. Right. And which we had told you that, but we thought from a body standpoint, you're going to have to get in there. Well, fortunately they stayed healthy. They had the Jameer Jones playing and uh Barry, I think 56 who was on the other side. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to watch how that takes place. Let me go back real quick before we break on Tefeli. Mm-hmm. It's a fourth-round pick just last year. That's a pretty high pick to give up on, all right? But the scheme change, I was told in the spring, it might not be a good fit. And, and you lose some guys in a shuffle like that. Sure. And so Tefeli was one of those guys that was kind of on the radar of, okay, how's he going to transition? Then they cut Malcolm Brown. I'm like, well, that must say good things, or they want to see more from a business decision, cut $3 million, keep the draft pick, makes sense to me, right? But I'm telling you, this Antoine kid, 93, he has, I think he has pushed the envelope on Tefeli. And I'm fascinated to see what happens tomorrow at 4 o'clock or by then with number 93 and 97 for the Jacks if it does come down to one position and they can't keep both from a numbers game standpoint. You know what we need to do? 
before we leave here today, maybe at 5 o'clock. Uh, last, last year, our number one social on Facebook viewed and interacted with photo right. was the stupid notes that we drew up on who we thought was making the team last year, Brent. You, really? Austin, and you just typed it in your notes and screenshotted it, and I posted it on Facebook, and it went nuts. Really? So we need to do that again. Well, let's do it. We'll do it by, and, and, well, by the end of the show. That's about that. what I was hoping for. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Sometime in the football at five hours, what you getting at? That's what I'm thinking. Football at five, we can scribble on some Or, notes. you know, we could do the whole silent bit in the commercial break. That doesn't bore anybody. <laughs> and then just post it afterwards. That's fine, <laughs> Nah, we got this, because we want the people to jump. We got to go to break. <laughs> we got to go. We're way late. We'll be back on ESPN 690. I've been ready the entire time for this question and had thought about how I wanted to answer it. And I had come to the conclusion, I'm going to say, I've been immunized. And if there's a follow-up, then talk about my process. But thought there's a possibility that I say I'm immunized. Maybe they understand what that means. Maybe they don't. Maybe they follow up. They didn't follow up. So then I go the season, them thinking, some of them, that I was vaccinated. I'm assuming that's Aaron Rodgers on Joe Rogan. That is Aaron Rodgers on Joe Rogan. That was a thing again this week. Uh, I, I actually thought when I started to see that, that it was like something that just popped back up from like a year ago. Oh, welcome to the internet. It's really interesting behind the thinking of Aaron Rodgers there. Because... Isn't he basically trying to outsmart everybody? Yeah, he's trying to be deceptive. Yeah. He's trying to be misleading without... He's, he's trying to be able to lie without when he gets caught saying, well, I didn't lie to you. You just assumed. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's kind of underhanded. You, you know, what's really interesting about him is I think for a long time over the last decade, Rodgers has been viewed as a cool cat, right? Gunslinger. Yep. Terrific player. Funny guy. Kind of fun. Yeah, he he's, has beautiful women. Sure. Has some great moments. And this is even pre-Jeopardy stuff, so don't even throw the Jeopardy stuff in here. But I really feel like in the last couple of years, and I'm not, I don't dislike Aaron Rodgers. I just think now he's become that guy that's basically I'm smarter than you. Well, he became and a target. And nobody likes the I'm smarter than you guy when he when he forces it in your face. Yeah. And doesn't he kind of become that guy? Like from a foot, how many football players, how many athletes try to do that? Not many, but he seems like he has tried to do that. I just, I don't think it would have went the same way if people felt like he was was not trying to deceive them. Like, I don't think he gets called a know-it-all or uh, too smart for the room guy or whatever you want to call him. I don't think he takes on this thing that I agree feels like is happening uh, if it's some innocuous other thing, like Jeopardy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think, uh, I don't listen to what these guys have to say to the point where I, you're going to influence me. So I really don't care what. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has to say about vaccination. Like, it never crossed my mind. I mean, obviously, it became such a big topic. But, like, for my life or maybe it's my views or whatever it is, like, I don't really care what he has to say about it. Yeah. But a lot of people well, obviously do. your right? behavior. Yeah, yeah. But, again, like, I don't think people were listening to Aaron Rodgers going, well, I want to hear what he has to say, and then I'm going to inform my decision on whether I'm going to do something or not. I think it just comes down to whether you think he's trying to get over on you or not. And if you're the part of the population... Who don't? And there are a bunch of them. As a matter of fact, uh, Matt's in our chat. 
He's like, I don't think it was to lie, but to really be like, none your business. Uh, I would disagree with that only in that he could have said that. He could have said it to he the reporters. Just said that, yeah. yeah, and he didn't. He chose to take a road that sounded one way when he really no, meant another. Because if he says it's none of your business, then yeah, then like it's you assumed. know there's something there. Yeah. Well, it ended up being something there anyway. True. And 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 now you have the the addition of the optics that you tried to lie to everybody. I think he's just calculated. He is calculated. He's not a dumb guy. He's a smart guy. I think. Like, well, he he's looking for the drama, low key. He, yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. Calculated is sometimes smartest guy in the room too. Like you can blend that together, yeah. right? And and so there's sometimes you can misplay it and overplay it. And I think he kind of did or has a little bit of that um, more recently. I, I just don't think he had to become center stage on this issue, and he's kind of put himself center stage on this issue over the last year. I do think, and the, he's not. By the way, why are you still talking about it? Yeah, that's the other. You know part what I mean? It, right? Like, why still? You know what it's going to do. So, to your point, Casey, maybe Loki does want the attention. I do think he I mean, likes trolling. The sound. Yeah. He was all over. I mean, he, I mean, Barnhan played the sound before us. But look, so. way before this conversation about vaccinations, he was out there telling people to mind their business and trolling people over his relationships because they were giving him a hard time about it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has forever been the guy who heard what fans were saying and reacted when everyone's uh, telling him to ignore it. So, I mean, this can't be shocking to anybody. What's crazy about Aaron Rodgers is he's doing all this just to make us forget he's only won one. <laughs> yeah. Disappointment. You know, I grew up liking Dan Marino. I have nothing against guy winning just one Super Bowl. Um, how about the other? How about Still Brady? Fact. How about Brady's late night Saturday news conference? Yeah, man. There's some weird stuff happening over there. He, he had Botox scheduled. That's <laughs> what it was. But you know, so he what is take the, a hit for two weeks? Maybe. So there's two things going on, right? He, he's like, hey, I'm 45 years old. I got a lot of bleep going on. Yeah, which is, you know, and he said it in a serious tone. He wasn't kidding around about it. So, it's a weird thing to say, though. So he's obviously got some stuff happening. I mean, that sounds like it's home stuff, right? Yeah, um, it does. Maybe the tabloids are right type of stuff. It's definitely personal, some personal. But then out of that news conference. Had we not seen Brady in so long on a th that all of a sudden he looked like a totally different person to some people? Like, that didn't grab my attention, but I saw the comments, and then I looked a little closer, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess. I didn't notice it until somebody addressed it. Yeah, somebody had to address it, but yeah. basically if you look at that video from Saturday night, I mean, he looks like his, I guess people are bringing up the Botox stuff, right? I'm telling you. He had this. He had it planned because he he was going on TV. Just get a little lift. Yeah. And then he had to take two weeks off because he couldn't get hit and mess up his <laughs> this face. This all goes back to the mask singer. <laughs> so he's getting both yes. to wear a mask. Yes. <laughs> Makes no sense. I mean, Beautiful. you actually on that show, you show your face for like ten seconds, maybe yeah. less. At the yeah. end. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I meant, I meant the broadcasting part of it. Oh, oh, oh. oh. He knew he was yeah, had that yeah. deal coming, so just a little, little lift, <laughs> little lift action. But I don't I'm know, like, out. has anybody ever noticed that stuff before with him? Because he's kind of got a chiseled, he's getting kind of chiseled face, so he's in good shape. Yeah, he's never looked like an old guy, Not even chiseled. though he's, you know, the oldest guy in the league, essentially. I don't know. That was kind of bizarre. The whole thing is weird. Is. His whole demeanor well, is weird. Yeah. The whole two weeks is weird. The 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 mass Singer the tangent, which hasn't been confirmed or unconfirmed, is weird. The whole... Retiring and unretired, like the whole thing, the Dolphins tampering thing, like everything around this offseason for Brady has been an absolute utter disaster. I got a bet for you, Aaron. Okay. You might not take it. Let's see. Brady does not play the full season with the Bucks. Oh, I don't think that's a, I think that's a, a pretty decent take. Just 
based on his age alone and the fact that the Bucks are outside, down to like I'll your say, cousin playing offensive line this year. Well, I'll say outside of injury. Like I'm saying he takes himself out. Oh, I'll take that bet. So at, you're least, saying, at least a game he takes himself out. For for like mental health or like Just anything. I've got more stuff going All on. All of this together. I say Fox he has at, a new dance singing competition yes. he needs to be a part of. <laughs> He's the lead off in mass dancer. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. Yeah, put it on the board. Sounds good. Brent, by the way, your interest is still going up for that $5 bet. You owe me like 17 and some changes. Yeah, 17. This, this is like become quite the investment. Inflation. Um, I, you know, here's the thing about Brady should have stayed retired when he retired. Probably. It, that's what I'm looking at right now. Well, like, why did he come back? With all because, the trouble? Well, because he can't be fully invested. Like, you can't play the game, and you know the way he is, the way he operates. Clay Harper shared some of the stories. Yeah. Like, he's all in. Mm-hmm. And it is it is pretty apparent that he is not all in right now. Maybe that's what's taxing him so much. He's trying to be. Yeah, this must bug the hell out of him, right? But he's also maybe trying to save some things or help some things or uh, fix some things. Sure. You know, that nobody else knows what's going on. Whatever the personal stuff is. To be honest with you, the way I looked at that news conference, aside from everybody talking about the face and the Botox or the this or the that, was that one line where he said, I'm 45 years old and I got a lot of bleep going on. I kind of felt like, like, he made himself vulnerable in the spot. I kind of felt bad for him a little bit. Because human I, in there. I, well, because I think in that moment you realize, and I bet this is concerning inside the Bucks building. They'll never admit it, but I think it's concerning. Is that you understand that he's not all in. Or invincible. Like, he's not immune to all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, the perfect life, living in million dollar whatever with the supermodel and winning all, all the it. Super Bowls. It, it humanizes it to a point probably hasn't even been humanized in the past. Um but I even think from just a foot, the greatness of Brady has been on display for over 20 years. And we always say when it goes, it goes quick for an athlete. Will it ever go? Will father time catch up? Well, part of that is you've got to be all in. A lot of people retire because they say, listen, I just don't want to do the camp anymore. I don't want to, from baseball player, I don't want to be in spring training anymore. I just want to play and that's it. I don't want to do all the stuff that it takes to play. I'm starting to wonder now if Brady is all in enough, whether whatever it is that's distracting him, if he's going to be all in enough to be as good as he's been, even if Father Time necessarily hasn't caught up with his fastball and his right arm. Yeah. Well, and that could be a problem in Tampa. Definitely. Or if really for anybody who is going through it. To your earlier question, why come back then? Because you already retired and then you decided to come back out. Obviously, you think you got something left to prove or you got designs on that championship. He thinks he can do it. They certainly have a talented offense. Yeah, and I think this too, right? It's obvious Giselle over the years didn't want him to play at times. She's like, all right, why Who are you would? still playing? Like right. if, she, if she loves him as a wife, she's looking at her husband get beaten on the field and away for months at a time. Like who would want that? And so then he retires, and then he goes back, and I could see that probably causing some friction internally. Sure. Yeah, so if that is the case, I mean, who knows what the case is. But I would, if I'm a Tampa Bucks fan, uh, listen, you're playing with house money. You won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It's been a great couple of years. But I started lowering my expectation a little bit in Tampa. Mm. I don't think that's – I'm not sure this is going to – be another Tom Brady-esque kind of season. Market, Casey. Market. I already put it on the board. You got, right. uh, you got Kyle Trask. You got it. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert. No, you got be Kyle just Trask. fine. We'll Still be back on ESPN 690.
he's going to start practicing real soon, Greeny. Uh, some football activities real soon. But I would be stunned if he plays opening day. I just don't think that's possible. I think it'll probably take him two or three weeks of practice time before he ramps up and gets back on the field. So I think you're going to see Joe Flacco against Baltimore and quite possibly against Cleveland in week two. At first, I thought that was like Peter King, but I don't think it was. It's got to be Samini. Rich Samini. That was Samini. Come on. Flacco revenge game. <laughs> I had no idea they played the Ravens week one. Is Joe Fl- I said it the other week. I was like, you got Flacco against the Ravens week one. You got Mayfield against the Browns. Uh, Mayfield against the Browns week one. And then you got possibly Watson against um, the threat. Texans in week 12. Man. That's pretty good. Yeah. Lore. Like, the NFL needs more storylines. <laughs> They're doing a good job. Well, I'm right. sure the Flacco storyline will definitely have people locked into Jets right Is Joe Flacco elite? Discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> I once call him. I listen, coming off that season, I don't know how you didn't call him elite at that coming that, off that I mean, season. That's where the whole argument came from. Apparently, it wasn't a very long argument. He was a one-hit wonder, I Who guess. Is, well, not really. He was better than He, was, he was never, like, bad. Like, I wouldn't put him in the top tier. I can't believe he's good. still playing. Yeah, I know right? the answer is going to be Joe Flacco. But, like, the epitome of that discussion is Kirk Cousins and Joe Flacco. Like, they are the line. Yeah. No, you're right. But that's The question the, is, who is more the line? Is right, it Flacco? Who is more elite? Yeah. Uh, that's a great point. I mean, you look at some of the metrics, though, and the stats. Like, I saw another one today. It was, like, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and maybe it was Brady. And Kirk Cousins was on the list. Tell you what. And there's a lot of those lists where Cousins is on it. Yeah. And nobody. Like, he, he seriously might be the most underrated player in the game. I struggle I, and, to call and, him and underrated. People, yeah, people won't like his numbers are dope. I'm with you. He throws a lot and he connects, but he it doesn't. It's not worth anything to anybody. He doesn't play defense too. You can't blame him for that. True, but like it's not all about the defense. Sometimes it's about getting to the end zone. Well, that's true. I can I, I, I mean, who else is underrated in the NFL? It's hard to be underrated in the NFL if you're any good, especially these days. Yeah, everyone's got their eyes on you. Yeah, true. But, I mean, where will Cousins go? Well, quarterbacks don't matter in the fantasy world, right? Not at all. But Glenn says uh, Carr is more underrated. I would agree with that. He just got $40 million a year. Well, well he's not underrated a from a too. contract standpoint, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he was throwing 4,000 yards every year. You know, I would say that's a good argument, but I'm not sure now. I think there are a lot of believers in Carr. Don't you guys think so? Well, Dude, now I bet is, my yeah. whole year's salary on him winning the MVP. Which really isn't much. But, but last year at this time... <laughs> Last year at this time, would you have said David Carr is an underrated guy, a great quarterback? Derek! Uh, David Carr is unemployed. Sorry. Derek Carr is a great quarterback. Derek Carr is a great quarterback, and he's totally underrated. No one gives him any props. Would you have said the same? I think last year was kind of a proven ground a little bit. Yeah, I think Glenn's point is a good one for last year, but it's 2022. Fair enough. (laughs) And by the way, Kirk Cousins might have been a good one for last year, too. Mm. Hard to call a guy who gets $90 million over three years underrated. Matt Ryan, go on. Underrated. <laughs> Let's hope not. Also, Robert Woods, very underrated. I'm with you Some on that, man. Favorites. Hey, with uh, you on that. Real quick here, Ravens are planning to release safety Tony Jefferson. Baltimore drafted Kyle Hamilton around one side, former Saints standout Marcus Williams. Uh, Wait, is Jefferson the guy that wasn't wearing his contacts? Was that that guy? I don't know. You didn't see that story? No, what did I miss that? There was a guy on the Ravens. I think it was him. Might not have been. He said he hasn't been wearing his contacts for years. Uh, during the like during the games, he couldn't really see anything. And then he tweeted during the camp. He said, "Man, I put glasses on. I've started wearing my glasses again. It's I incredible how much I can see." <laughs> I didn't he see played that. in the league for like two years and couldn't see anything. Oh. And like played like I think that was him. Jags, 
I mean, could the Jags get some upgradable help at safety with a guy like Tony Jefferson? It or was they... Tony Jefferson, by the way. They couldn't see? Yes. <laughs> no wonder they cut him. Well, he's been he's on got the team for now. years, and then admit he couldn't see anything the whole time. They're like, well, you got to go for him. If he's got glasses now, he's worth picking up. So. Oh, my goodness. You know what's interesting to me is we have this group chat just about daily. Mm-hmm. There's some interesting things on there to begin with. <laughs> the three of us? But I said yesterday I came close to living out my dream job, and oh, you yeah, guys yeah. showed no curiosity. No, 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 no. I was very curious. I, I didn't want you to spoil any of it. I want to react to it for the first time on the radio. Do we have enough time to talk about it yeah, before the be, break? It's, it's probably going to under-deliver. But Casey, do you have a, a, a thought on what his dream job would be? It has to do something with Bucky's. <laughs> Did go to Bucky's twice in Is the last Is Brent week. now making the candied cashews at Bucky's? <laughs> he's told me multiple times if he gets canned from this uh, career choice, he's going to slide over to Bucky's. Straight to the beaver. By the way, like you can make some decent money over there at Bucky's. You know, I'm sure you've gotten the, 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 the whole application and everything. But, okay, so here's the deal. Yesterday, I'm, I kind of, my am starting to lose my voice, but I'm like, I better do these quick because I had some spots to do mm-hmm. um, for the week. And uh, some stuff, high school football-wise, everything else we're working on in the fall. And so I actually took it. When I do my spots at home, I don't know where you have a setup, but I, have a, I do it in my closet. Yeah, me too. Because I get, you know, from a, what's that word called? Acoustic. Acoustics standpoint, it's better, right? Yeah, well, you've already got stuff hanging in there, so yeah, you don't really have to hang anything to dead the sound. So, so that's what I, where I do it. I just go, <laughs> go in the closet and boom. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm going to be in here for a little bit. So I just, like, put a chair in there in the closet. <laughs> yeah. And I was in there for, like, 25 minutes voicing things. This is how I did the radio during the pandemic. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I mean, I'm going to go in there for, like, two minutes or whatever, and that's it. All right. And do a spot. But, I mean, I was, like, doing, like, a lot of cutting a, a lot, lot of, of things yesterday. It got hot in there, huh? <laughs> it got hot in there. <laughs> but I came out of there, and I realized, I was like, that is the closest I've ever been to living my dream job. Which was? Is sitting on a porch in Montana and just voicing things. Oh, voice acting. All right. So that's the old school easy job. Everyone used to want these jobs because you're right. You get like a script in the morning. I mean, I've been emailing voice guys for the last 20 years. It's like you, you throw them a script. They cut it. There's barely any time there before they return it. And suddenly they made a few hundred bucks. You're not wrong. That's a really great job. It's a cool job. And it's, I just always envision the guy that's got like these great pipes mm-hmm. that's doing that job. Somewhere in Wyoming and Montana, like on a porch. It's often like something <laughs> like, like that. I mean, you're not that far off. These guys can live anywhere. Yeah. And often do, although those jobs are really going away. So I know you guys wanted, like, my dream job to be at Bucky's or one of those stops along like the highway. I you want your dream job to be at Bucky's. <laughs> no, he the wants reality to be Bucky. is my yeah. dream job probably will be at Bucky's. <laughs> but... I really want to be in Montana. Look, maybe you could work at a Bucky's in Montana, voicing commercials for the rest of the Bucky's across the country. There we really now mush them all together, blend it all together yeah. in that costume Delphonic put me in. <laughs> Here we go. There you go. Probably own one of those anyway. I think Kaylee actually does have one of those. Oh boy! <laughs> really? Got a little too far with that love of Bucky's. We'll be back. Football at five. Go over the roster cuts. Who else to expect? And some uh, bigger topics around the NFL. Like, who do you believe in more after the preseason that you really didn't? I think I have a good one. Oh, okay. We'll be back on ESPN 690.